Jai Jai Sitchetanya Jaya Nichananda Jaya Dvaita Chandradaya Gora Bhakta Vinna Jai Jai Sitchetanya Jaya Nichananda Jaya Dvaita Chandradaya Gora Bhakta Vinna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Sei Panchatatpaminle Pitiviyasiya Panchamini Uttar Prima Kauriya Shwadiya Yatta Yatta Piyya Tishnamba Hare Krishna So yesterday um, I've been speaking about uh, Sadhananda Swami and uh, who was a sannyas disciple of uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta and and a professor also uh, from uh, German origin and and we uh, were speaking from his Sri Krishna Chaitanya's life and teaching a very nice book um, today I wanted to address something from a different book again from a disciple of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta uh, Saraswati Thakur again a very great scholar, uh, now uh, Professor Nisikant Sanya. It uh, some are making a case that actually the purports to the Brahma Samhita, which are ascribed to Srila Bhakti Siddhanta in that very high English, and uh, that actually. They were not written by Siddha Bhakti Siddhanta, but written by Professor Sanya. Well, certainly his book, uh, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, which consists of two parts, is of a high intellectual caliber. And especially the first part is, is a part that uh, describes, that um, gives us an introduction to. Uh, um, to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and uh, and he begins to uh, to write and, and says the first heading is one object and method. The present work is an attempt to offer a theistic account in the English language of the career and teachings of Sri Chaitanya. The number of existing English books on the subject is very small. The Life and Precepts of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by Thakur Bhakti Vinod, one the pioneer of the movement of pure devotion in our age, although it gives a true account of his life, is a comparatively short work. Other English works on the subject are from the pens of self-sufficient misguided amateurs who have had no practical experience of the teaching they have professed to expound. This is opposed to the dictum of Sri Chaitanya that no one is fit 
to be a teacher of religion who does not practice the same in his own life. None of these works, with the solitary exception of that by Thakur Bhaktivinoda, deals properly with the spiritual side of the teachings of Sri Chaitanya. The available authoritative sources of information are quite exhaustive regarding the spiritual aspect and offer a narrative of his doings and teachings that is both consistent and free from contradictions. To these was added later another body of works of a different character by pedantic pseudo-Vaishnavas and faithless foreign writers that offer the concoctions of their own respective lines of thought. Insincere writers have adopted without apology that point of view and garbled accounts of the pseudo-Vaishnav authors as the basis of their narratives of their narratives. So that's very interesting. He's uh, basically got that same cutting spirit uh, of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta and, uh, and doesn't consider any, any of the books written about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, by either, uh, yeah, what did he say? Okay, one moment. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, pedantic pseudo Vaishnavas mm, or faithless foreign writers. So, in this way, he is uh, strongly uh, making his point that uh, these, these literatures are not of great value. Um, he is aware of them, though, that is quite clear. Um, and uh, so, like I mentioned yesterday, um, we are looking at these kind of works very carefully, um, not because we are looking for uh, more insights into the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because that information we have from uh, from so many sources that are within the uh, proper understanding of the Sampradaya, and we'll stick with that. Um, the only reason why we sometimes look at 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 these outside literatures is because they'll give us historical context. They can give us information uh, regarding Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's, uh, the environment that was there. Um, there may be many questions we could ask. Huh? We could, for example, ask, when the Muslims took over the government in, uh, in Bengal, Historians have noted that that year was 1204 and that Bhaktiyar, along with his men, penetrated into the palace of Maharaj uh, Sena, uh, Laxman Sena, who was at the time uh, the king in the Sena dynasty. And that uh, subsequently the king had to flee to some tunnel and live with the rest of his life in uh, uh, banned from from his kingdom and and uh, retreated with a bunch of followers 
in the uh, in the forest regions. Uh, and that from that point on, the, uh, the the rule began, and in the Lucknow district, which was the area immediate area around uh, the capital, and uh, and that that capital then was renamed to Goda, or Goda became the predominant name. It might have been there before. Anyway, that is a little bit of history we discussed it before also. And the point is <coughs> that it doesn't seem that Bakhtiar at the time had a very, very big army, uh, or a very, but somehow or other he managed to grab the government. So it is of interest to understand what was the actual Muslim presence in India and in Bengal. And what gave Bhaktiar that uh, the strength and power to hold that uh, that position, and um, what reinforcement came? How did it uh, develop? How much outside influence came from Muslim side into uh, into Bengal? And these are interesting questions because. Um, Basically, when we were reading um, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chaitanya Bhagavat, and other biographies, we get to we, we get to see a um, a society which where the majority was was Hindu and uh, and only a, a Muslim minority who. Uh, with the help of mercenaries, was establishing uh, was establishing its authority, and uh, we see that, for example, when Srivas was having kirtan in his house in Navadvip, that um, that there was uh, uh, complaints, this that, and then that. The, the Nawab would send down a boat with soldiers down the river to arrest him. Um, so it's quite clear that um, it, the, the Muslim government for quite some time wasn't so, so much distributed. So a bit of historical research brings us to the point of understanding that it took 250 years to um, to get a full grip on Bengal. Hmm. All right, it's uh, it doesn't matter so much, but it does give us an idea of uh, of the surroundings and the circumstances, some context. So that kind of context is available from the. Uh, Historians, uh, um, so again, uh, something from uh, Nishikant Sanyal to the real nature of Sri Krishna. 
The historical aspects of Sri Krishna need to be considered as irrelevant or mundane. The Absolute is always no other than himself. Antiquarian speculations regarding the historicity of Sri Krishna have thus inconceivably to us uh, an intimate bearing on the question of the real nature of the Absolute. The scheme of ancient history of India that is being worked out by the researchers of learned scholars has not yet been conclusively settled in regard to the lay affairs of that remote period which may have been witnessed uh, the great war that is reported to have been fought out on the plains of Kuruksesh between the Kurus and the Pandavas, backed by their respective allies. So, the um, in reaction to the um, to the presence of the British and the British uh, studies of of India, like we mentioned. Um, Fort Williams was an, uh, an educational institution which would uh, collect and analyze and translate many Sanskrit and Bengali uh, manuscripts of, of scriptures and so on. And uh, that particular approach, that kind of modern critical academic approach of Shastra became now uh, prevalent. And, uh, and with that, many questions were raised. And these questions were not only raised by uh, British sources, but also by intellectual Indian sources. And such a question about the actual historicity of Krishna was questioned. Was there actually really uh, a battle of Kuruksetra and and all such questions came to to the fore uh, and uh, then Nishikant Sanyal is uh, is bringing this is, is gradually entering into this and how uh, the the view that there is histor historicity that Krishna as a historical personality actually makes sense, is, is beginning to gain ground. So, and he of course is, is strongly uh, addressing this on basis of, uh, of Krishna man uh, managed in various scriptures, and in that way he is, uh, is laying a foundation for, uh, for Krishna the Supreme Personality of Godhead being a historical personality. Um, then he enters into uh, the highest worship of Sri Krishna, point three. So this is all volume one, uh, volume one, one, volume one, two, volume one, three. Uh, the method of the worship of Krishna is, at Braja is the highest of all forms of worship. The worship that are practiced at Mathura and Dwarka, respectively, owe their value in augmenting the exquisiteness of the pastimes of Raja. It is our purpose, therefore, to consider the worship of Raja in some detail at this place. Hmm. Now, later on, um, he also he also addresses that uh, how society is responding to this. Um, 
a society. Um, I mean, we're seeing that Sanyal is in dialogue with the the modern world, which uh, is the modern world in India, which is predominated by a Western audience. And he's trying to to make the absolute truth intelligible to that that audience. So he has established the historicity of uh, of Kurukshetra and so on, uh, and the historicity of Krishna. Now he is going to with Krishna at Braja. But as the he gives us a description of the evolution of uh, Vedic literature, and he points out that the the Dharma Shastras are uh, are of a later nature. Um, the Vimsati Dharma Shastra, which he also further uh, subdivides as Sattvic, Rajarsic, and Tamasic, uh, just like the eighteen Puranas, and he. Uh, and he establishes uh, that this is, is later, and he deals with, uh, with the development of, of Vedic culture in India, and he just uh, and, and, and addresses Smarta Brahmanism, he addresses Sankaracharya, and uh, NBC, he addresses the Panchupasana worship, which is both taken by Smarta Brahmanas and Sankaracharya, and he, uh, uh, which begins with uh, uh, the Shaktas worshiping the energy the, uh, of, of the material energy, the Suryas worshiping the power of the sun, the Ganapachas worshiping a, a deity, the uh, the Shaivites. Uh, they are worshiping Lord Shiva, the generating and, and destructive principle, the, the, the cycle of the manifestation of the Mahatattva and the dissolution of the Mahatattva. And, and finally, the, uh, and the, the Vaishnavas. Um, but behind all of that, um, the Panchupasanas, the, those who do, who do see these five deities, see behind all is the impersonal Brahman, borrowing from, uh, borrowing from uh, Sankaracharya. So that's very much part of the setting of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's time. And so uh, all these things are, are, are dealt with by uh, Professor Sanyal in a very, uh, in a very um, intellectual, intellectually solid, uh, solid way. It is a, <clears throat> it's interesting writing because the tone is very, uh, very academic, very uh, systematic. And yet, it is it's, it's not afraid to um, to take a transcendental position. Uh, it's it's interesting reading. Um, he also goes into uh, a comparative study of religion. Then he goes into history of atheism, history of theism, uh, the founder acharyas. That means of the four sampradayas. He gives a good overview of the four sampradayas. And uh, 
Then he gets into historical Vaishnavism. Um, so he gives the whole background of how Vaishnavism comes about. He gives the history of divine descent. He gives not only the history of Vaishnavism as, as the worship is going on, but he also gives the history of the manifestations of the Lord. And then, uh, and then we're going to the second volume. In the second volume of his book, uh, the main focus is on Lord Chaitanya Sangupangastra Parasadam, who comes along with his parsad, with his devotees. Uh, and he, he gives a description of the Panchatattva, and then he gets into, um, into a detailed description of various personalities. So, um, I just made a choice. Um, we have a long list of, of the associates of Mahaprabhu. Madhavinda Puridvaita Charya, Murari Gupta, Pundarik Vijanidi, Gadadar Pandit, Shivas Pandit, Malini Devi, Jayadev Kuswami, Ishwar Puri, Haridas Thakur, Murari Gupta, Chandrasekhar Acharya, Gangadas Pandit, Jagadis Pandit, Sivananda Sain, Vasudev Murkunda Thakur. So all these personalities and many more, um, they are already uh, described in Chaitanya Charitamrita and, and, and they of course appear in the other biographies as well. Um, so I'm not carrying on with the list. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to read um, about, I just made a choice and uh, I felt that one, we have, we have spoken about Sarup Damodar Goswami um, as the uh, origin of, uh, of the Sampradaya in a sense, uh, after Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his connection then with Rupa Goswami. We have spoken a bit about uh, Sanatan Goswami. We've spoken a bit about Raghunandas Goswami. Um, his name has come up many times. Uh, we've even spoken about Gopal Bhatta Goswami, who is the son of Venkata Bhatta, who was uh, who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met in uh, in Sri Rangam during the rainy season, and his uncle uh, and 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 Venkata Bhatta, his brother was there, who was uh, Prabodhananda Saraswati, a sannyasi, and then Gopal Bhatta being the son of Venkatabhata and, and a boy at the time. And then later we see Gopalbhata Goswami as one of the six Goswamis. So in this description, one personality was missing of the six Goswami, and that is Raghunathbhata Goswami. So therefore I wanted to speak a little bit about Raghunathbhata Goswami. And just, uh, so Raghunathbhata Goswami is also younger. Um, uh, we'll get to that. Um, let us begin reading from Sri Krishna Chaitanya, from uh, Nisikan Sanyal. While Raghunath Bhatta was walking from Kasi, Benares, to Puri, he was thinking, I wonder if Mahaprabhu will remember me. I was a small child then, and here at Puri, he has so many devotees. 
I doubt if he would remember such a worthless wretch as me. And even if he does, I wonder if he will still show the same affection to me as he did at our house in Kasi. But when he arrived in Puri and was about to offer his dandavas to Mahaprabhu, see Gorasunda called out, Raghunath, before he could even offer his obeisance and embraced him very firmly. Raghunath's eyes filled tears of joy and, he, and as he caught hold of the lotus feet of Mahaprabhu, Oh, most merciful Lord, you still remember me? Mahaprabhu replied, Why to speak of this, this life? Um, okay, one second. Why to speak of this life? I re remember the affection that you and your mother and father have showed to me life after life. How your mother lovingly fed me every day when I stayed at Kasi. Then Mahaprabhu introduced Raghunath to the other devotees who were very pleased to meet him. Raghunath conveyed his mother's and father's obeisances and the news of Chandrasekhar, Bhaijya, and the other devotees of Kasi to Mahaprabhu. Then he brought out the various preparations from his bag, which his mother prepared for Sigura Sundar Mahaprabhu. Uh, for Sigura Sundar. Mahaprabhu was very pleased and called Govinda to come and store everything away carefully. Raghunath's father's name was Sitapan Misra, when he might Pandit traveled to East Bengal as a teacher. He had met with Tapan Misra at the same time. Of course, uh, about the, the relationship Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had with East Bengal, now known as Bangladesh, um, there's not an awful lot there. Uh, basically, there is that description, how Nimai, uh, when he was a teacher uh, of Sanskrit grammar, how he went to, to East Bengal and gave a series of lectures. Um, but it's a little ambiguous how far he went into, uh, into Bengal, East Bengal, and which places. Um, it is uh, um, more of, on the western side of, of uh, East Bengal. He didn't go far east beyond Dhaka, from what we understand. Um, so the uh, the more eastern side of East Bengal, which uh, was was not touched by uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that is quite certain. Um, then uh, he met with uh, Tapan Misra, and Tapan Misra was a scholarly Brahmana who had read many, many, many scriptures, but as a result, he had become more and more confused because he had read so many contradictions in so many scriptures, so he was confused about what is actually the ultimate goal of scriptures. So I continue reading now. Though Tapan Misra was a learned scholar and had discussed the conclusions of true goal and how to achieve it, one night, having thought on these matters for some time, he saw a dream in which one divine person was telling him, Misra, don't worry yourself on this subject matter anymore. Nimai Pandit is coming here very soon. If you can, you should meet him and he will be able to explain to you life's goal and how to attain it. He's not an ordinary human being, but an incarnation of Narayan. He has come into this world as a human being to perform his pastimes, but he's actually the cause of the universe. Saying this, Say this much, that demigod disappeared. 
Chaitanya Bhagavat Adi 14 under 23. Set out to meet Nimai Pandit. When he arrived at the place where Prabhupada dressed in brilliant yellow and surrounded by his disciples, he appeared like the full moon, surrounded by various constellations. Tapamishrapitanavats and with folded hands spoke to Mahaprabhu. Oh, you who are full of compassion, I'm very lowly and fallen. Please bestow your mercy on me. Mahaprabhu smiled and had an asan placed next to himself for Tapam Mr. to sit on. Then he quested his introduction. After introducing himself, Tapam Mr. inquired about the goal of life and how to attain it. Mahaprabhu replied that of the living energy gives instructions to attain his association. In such a yuk, the process of meditation, in Treta Yuk, uh, in Treta Yuk, uh, sacrificial rituals, in Dwapar Yuk, worship of the strengths, prowess and longevity of the living beings. The Supreme Lord accepted the form of Acharya and asserted these various processes for various ages. If anyone follows any other process than the authorized one, he achieves not. So yes, this is, this is a, a nice point uh, that not only uh, are there these four processes for the different ages, Kriteya Jayato Visnum in the Satya Yuga, Krita Yuga, it is Jayato, it is meditation. Tritayam Jayato Makai in the Treta Yuga, it becomes Makai, which means offering ritualistic sacrificial offerings, Yagya and Agnihotra and these things. Um, then Dvapara Paricharya Yat, in Dvapara Yuga it is Deity Worship, and Kalotad Hari Kirtanat, and in Kali Yuga it is Hari Kirtan. <coughs> what uh, Professor Sanyal is adding, he's saying that, uh, uh, and that is, that is we, we know that, that the Lord appears then in each of these Yugas, as an avatar, uh, as an avatar, uh, to act as the acharya, to teach this, uh, this these particular processes and and and, and philosophies. So that's uh, that's um, that's something to highlight. Therefore, the age of Kali. Therefore, in the age of Kali, the essence of all scriptural processes, the chanting of the holy names of the Lord, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. These are the holy names of the Lord and are to be chanted at all times. But this process, by this process, you will be able to understand what is the goal of life and how to achieve it. There is no difference between the names and whom they indicate. There is no other way than Sri Nam Sankirtan. So yesterday also we discussed this point that uh, the word and the personality uh, of Godhead were, were not different. And um, again, um, there's no difference between these names and whom they indicate. Yes. There's no other way than Srinam Sankirtan. Giving up all other processes one should always chant the holy name of Sri Krishna. By the influence of this mantra, you will be able to understand everything about the goal of life and how to attain it. Sri Nam is himself what we are striving.
Ivan Belias and repeating this name is the proselytizing. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. And so, uh, Srinam is himself what we are striving to realize, and repeating this name is the process for realizing what the name is. There's no difference between the holy name of the Lord and himself. Having received these invaluable instructions from Nimai Pan, and asked if he might accompany him on his return to Navadvip. To this request, Mahaprabhu replied that he should immediately go to Kazi, where they would again meet together in the future. At that time, I will particularly describe all these transcendental topics regarding the Absolute Truth in complete detail. Therefore, Nima Pandit set out on his return journey to Navadvip, while Tapal Misra left for Kazi Dam, accompanied by his wife. Some years later, when the incarnation of mercy, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, was receding to Vrindavan, on the path through the jungles of Jarikanda, uh, by way of Chotanagpur, he arrived at Sri Kasidam. While Tapamish was bathing at Manikarnika Ghat, a sannyasi arrived there and began to make the heavens resound with the sounds of Haribo, Haribo. Tapamish was startled to suddenly hear the sound of the holy name. In the middle of the desert, to hear the sound of a rushing flow of water is uncommon. So, to hear the holy name of Hari amidst so many Mayavadis was not an ordinary occurrence. Then standing behind so many sannyasis, Tapal Misra sighted one especially tall and handsome one, whose effulgence made everything around him glow. He began to think, who could that be? He heard that Nimai Panat accepted sannyas, but could that be him? Coming out from the water, he became convinced that it must be the same Nimai Pandit that he had met with in East Bengal. Falling at his lotus feet, he began to shed tears of ecstasy. But Mahaprabhu picked him up and embraced him in great love. Then Tapan Misra very affectionately led Mahaprabhu to his house. After so many days, they had once again been able to meet again, to meet together. Arriving at his house, Tapan Misra was Mahaprabhu's lotus feet, and along with his family members, drank that water in great ecstasy. Oh. <laughs> The pastimes that took place at that time with Raghunath are nicely described in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. When Mahabhubu visited Kazi on his way to Vrindavan, he was a guest at Tapan Misra's house for 10 days. On his way back from Vrindavan, he remained here for a period of two months. One can just imagine what influence the personal presence of Mahabhubu had on the young boy Raghunath. He wanted to come with Prabhu to Puri and remain with him there, but Prabhu prevented him. So I'm reading from um, from Krishna Chaitanya Part 2 um, about Raghunath Bhatta Goswami. Um, if uh, the transcribers cannot download the book or find the book, they can just ask me and I'll send them the uh, the relevant portions. Uh, so that they don't have to uh, type it all from what they're hearing. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> so this is simply uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, uh, describing his visit to Kasi and describe, uh, 
so we are uh, hearing about him. Um, and uh, now, let us hear, and then of course there was the son of, uh, of Tapa Misra, who was Raghunath Bhatt. Sri Chaitanya received Raghunath in Puri with great affection and trained him in his religious life for eight months. Then he urged him to go back to his home to look after the comforts of his elderly parents. He further forbade him to marry and blessed him by putting his own neck beads around Raghunath's neck. Hmm. So that is, 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 is very nice. First of all, um, he trained him for, for eight months in Puri, then sent him back to look after his aging parents who were devotees. And, uh, but in order to, and he told him not to marry because um, Lord Chaitanya needed, he needed men who could just dedicate himself, themselves to spreading the mission full time. Uh, uh, Grihastas, they, they will have so many private affairs and so many private arrangements to look after. Place to stay, how to maintain that, uh, all, the, all the expenses of the household, all the social needs and so on. Um, so Grihastas can only give limited time to and energy to spreading the mission. Therefore, it is very important that there are, is a, that there's a class of men who doesn't get married, uh, or at least stay brahmacharis, or, uh, <clears throat> or vanaprastas after marriage, or sannyasis particularly. Um, um, so that is a concern. Um, and Srila Prabhupada's time, that was very clear. Uh, very Because when Srila Prabhupada was, started preaching in the West, in those 11 years, Prabhupada was, um, had a tremendous focus on the mission of Lord Chaitanya. And he was at the end of his life, and Prabhupada was raising against time. He was trying to achieve so many things in a very, very short time because he knew that uh, there's no guarantee whatsoever how many more years I'll have. I, may, I, I can die at any moment. And I would have to, and he, he felt the need to complete his, uh, his work. Um, so in this way, um, we uh, yeah we see that uh, Prabhupada made sannyasis out of young men, although they may not have been qualified. But Prabhupada said, "But we need it's it's like an emergency, and we need such men because um, we need those who have have some knowledge and the." the energy to lead this preaching mission. Uh, and in the same, needed brahmacharis who could just be full-time dedicated to preaching Krishna consciousness. 
And that is that in the beginning, uh, like this movement had uh, mostly, mostly brahmacharis, um, mostly uh, unmarried, unmarried men, also unmarried ladies. Uh, and, uh, and they were like, uh, very, very active as, as missionaries and Prabhupada's book distribution and all that, that, that was based on, uh, on that brahmacharya principle. Um, so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also told does to stay a, a brahmachari because he needed, he needed Raghunadas to, uh, to assist in the mission of uh, of Rupa and Sanatan in Vrindavan. Mm. So he further forbade him to marry and blessed him by putting his own neck beads around Raghunath's neck. Yeah, because he sent Raghunath back to uh, to uh, to to bang, to uh, Benares to look after his parents. He sent him away from after eight months, he sent him away from his association. So he gave him these neck beats as, as a sense from uh, not only like the blessings, right? Not only the blessings of... Uh, so Raghunath was walking with the neck beats and carrying the blessings of, of Mahaprabhu's neck beats around his neck. But not only that, he also carried them around his neck as as him being the property of Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu had put these beats on him and it made him his property. And he was there as the property of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is there as the representative of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm. Um, so, though he originally had no intention of returning home, Raghunath complied with Prabhu's wish and studied Srimad Bhagavatam for the next four years under one Vaishnava scholar while living at home. After the demise of his parents, he returned to Prabhu's lotus feet, where he remained for another eight months. Then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent him to Vrindavan to stay under the auspices of Rupa and Sanatana. Mahaprabhu instructed him to recite the Bhagavatam and the Lord's holy names. He presented him with a Tulasi garland of Lord Jagannath, 14 hands in lengths, as well as the battle and pan prasad remnants of Lord Jagannath. Unlike the other Goswamis, he did not establish any separate temple or deity of his own. He attached himself to the worship of Sri Govindadev and enriched his service. Chaitanya Charitamrita states that Raghunath ordered his disciples to construct a temple for Sri Govindadev. The present temple of Govindadev was constructed by Raj Mansim, but it has actually not been specifically stated anywhere that Mansim Singh was the uh, disciple of Raghunath Bhatta Goswami. His worshipable deity of the Srimad Bhagavatam is still being worshipped at Gadadar Bhatta Pit uh, within another Madhamahan temple which is nearby the Radhavalap Mandir 
in Vrindavan. Uh, okay, so the <clears throat> the Bhagavatam of uh, of Raghunath Bhatta Goswami. Mm. It can be found. is Deepika. It is explained. It is described that Raghunath Bhatta was Ragamanjari in Krishna Lila. His birth was fourteen. 27 Saka, which is 1505 Christian, on the 12th day of the bright fortnight of Aswin, his dear disappearance was 1501 Saka uh, or 1579 Christian on the 10th day of the bright fortnight of Jista. Uh, so this Saka calendar has 78 years difference. So 15.5 and living to 15.79. Uh, yes, that puts, uh, that puts uh, Raghunath Bhatta as, as, as much younger than Rupa and Sanatan and uh, a next generation who, who lives practically uh, 20 years uh beyond beyond them and uh you know who who comes to 84 years uh no not 80 74 years of age and uh is uh, in that way um um you see his role is described as a little bit more uh supportive he did not establish his own temple but seemed to have had serious influence in the construction of the radhagovinda temple um, and uh, and raganabhata is of course known for his chanting of the uh, of the uh, of the Srimad bhagavatam so now, there's a little time left, and I'll do something else. Um, I will go now quickly to another book, and here it is. Um, go now. I have to look at Vidya. We note here we are. Um, let me quickly go to the Ta -ta 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 -ta. Is he? And then towards the end of the book, there must be Raghunath Bhatta. Is there a link? Yes, there is a link. Okay, so now I'm reading from a book, It's a book about Jagannath. Again, a great scholar, Sundarananda Vijavinod. And Sundarananda Vijavinod um, was having an extensive library. And uh, Hari Sori was able to obtain that library um, and to set up a proper, uh, a proper facility for its preservation and a proper uh, facility for... Uh, cataloging that uh, 
and, and in this way preserve this little bit of heritage of our of essential Vaishnava literature. And uh, now I'll read about Raghunath Bhatta from Sundarananda Vijavina Hotz. Book C, C, etc. Again, you know, transcribers can uh, can approach me directly. When Sri Gorhari enacted the pastime of accepting meals at the house of Tapam Misra for two months at Kasi, Tapam's son, the young Raghunath, had an opportunity to cleanse the Lord's remnants and to massage his feet. When Raghunath grew up, he went to Nilachala from Kasi with a desire to engage in the service of Mahaprabhu. There he lived for eight months, and from time to time he used to personally cook and feed the Lord. She, Mahaprabhu, instructed Raghunath to serve his old Vaishnava parents as long as they were alive and not to get married. The Lord gave his own garland to Raghunath and sent him to Kasi. Back in Kasi, Raghunath served his parents for four years and studied Srimad Bhagavatam from a learned Vaishnava. After his parents left this world, Raghunath again returned to Nilachala. This time also, Raghunath resided at Puri for eight months, and then by Sri Mahaprabhu's order, he went to Sri Vindavan and began to recite Srimad Bhagavatam and worship Sri Krishna under the care of Rupa. We just read just a little detail that uh, during that time, Tap, Tapan's son, the young Raghunath, had an opportunity to cleanse the Lord's remnants and to massage his feet. Uh, that, that we didn't read. Also, when he went to Puri, and he lived there for eight months, then he was, uh, he would personally cook and feed the Lord. We see again that the Lord gave the garland, but a little less detail on it, and we don't get anything about the, uh, the neck beats, which uh, otherwise is an interesting uh, detail, as was mentioned by Nishikan Sanya. Um, then, in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, there are three Raghunaths, Raghunath Vaijas. One, Sri Raghunath Vaija. Uh, two, Sri Raghunath Vaija Upajai and Sri Raghunath Vaija Oja. It is mentioned that all of them went to Nilachala. Raghunath Vaija Upajai and Raghunath Vaija Oja were associates of Nichananda Prabhu. And they were sent by uh, Mahaprabhu from Puri to Bengal with Nichananda Prabhu. Srima Mahaprabhu also had three Raghunaths among his associates. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ancha 1. Vaidya Raghunath, Bhatta Raghunath, and Dasa Raghunath. There's one more person by the name of Raghunath Puri in the Chaitanya Bhagavad, found in, uh, found in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita 1142, but later he became famous as Acharya Vaishnavananda. Raghunath Vaidya was a former companion of Sri Mahaprabhu and went to Nilachala and served the Lord. Anyway, so in this way, he just mentioned also something about Raghunath Vaidya. So uh, he didn't explain so much more than uh, Sundarananda Vijavinod. Huh? But by studying all these works of the various uh, of, of various sources um, that are all um, bona fide sources, or sometimes carefully looking at the work of historians to get some more contact, we can gradually reconstruct, uh, we can gradually reconstruct uh, a full picture. Uh, now we see Raghunath Bhatta, uh, Raghunath Bhatta, who has been sent away 
by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with his, he's still very young. What, what bitterness, what bitterness, in one sense, disappointed. He's been sent home back to his parents, the last thing on his mind. But he has been given this garland. But not only that, he has been given the personal neck beats of the Lord. And, and that, uh, that, that these neck beats bring the, the constant presence of the Lord with him at every moment. Uh, in that way, the, these neck beats are like uh, huge. You know I mean, that's a big thing. Um, imagine to wear the neck beats of Lord Chaitanya is something, something very, very wonderful, because one, uh, one can just, just see how Lord Chaitanya will always be, uh, you know, be so close in this way to Raghunath Bhatta. So to me, that that's, uh, that really uh, touched me as a, as a, as something that must have been very significant for Raghunath Bhatta, uh, who carried these neck beats as, as his greatest treasure, undoubtedly. Um, Raghunath Bhatta's involvement with the Bhagavatam, uh, we have learned that, Bhagavat, that, that he would daily recite the Bhagavatam and that he would recite the Bhagavatam in three different melodies. He was very expert in that regards, in, in chanting uh, various melodies, in, in reciting the verses. And some of these melodies are, uh, are still uh, prevalent and also uh, are, are, are surviving in, in some of the Sanskrit schools in Vrindavan. Um, and um, and so we have heard that one of these traditional men is, which which needs to be confirmed, but uh, that some of these traditional melodies are still sung. I will not uh, uh, chant it now. Uh, these melodies uh, until we we have confirmed it, right? So. Um, and now we have had uh, through these various lenses uh, so we're looking at Lord Chaitanya's life and teachings through various lenses and as we're looking through these various lenses we are gaining, uh, gaining in our insights. And in this way, we are churning, churning the, the pastimes and teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And, uh, and in this way, we are gaining more and more understanding of who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, who his associates are, what was their behavior, what was their objective, what was their desire, what was on their mind. And in this way, we are finding 
our identity as Gaudiya Vaishnavas ourselves. Uh, we clearly understand now what is our business, what are we supposed to do. Uh, and in this way, we are worshipping the feet of the six Goswamis, along with Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, who states so in the beginning of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the first chapter. Uh, and we, we read that verse earlier, how without, uh, without taking shelter, without worshipping the lotus feet of, of the six Goswamis, one cannot attain success in spiritual life. Therefore, um, in our discussion, from time to time, we will focus on the six Goswamis. Um, there's a lot more. I still need to uh, zoom, put the zoom lens on Jiva Goswami, which we will do at a later time. Now as it stands uh, for today, I'm leaving you again, and I wish that uh, you will uh, uh, feel great inspiration in, uh, in these discussions. Um, I, will, uh, I will bring more and more information to the table as, uh, as things go forward. Uh, the other day, I, I looked at a book called A Western or a, a compendium of Western thought and uh, by Mortimer J. Adler. Um, and, uh, and I saw there that Luther, besides his thesis and so on, had some writings called Table Talks. So I like that title, Table Talks, you know, where not like formal uh, discussion, but just spiritual table talks. Uh, so just discussing and during these table talks, just uh, churning, churning. Um, we'll add more to all these talks later on uh, because there are so many more notes and uh, that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get the transcriptions and then we'll add all the notes and work them into the text and expand on, on each chapter until we get like a very uh, solid and interesting book. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai. Nitai Gaur Premanand.